In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. I am free. Thank God. I am free. I am. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on TogiNet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey, people. This is me. This is Miss Diane also known as Minister Diane Jones. Some people have called me Lady Di. I mean, I go by um, different names. <laughs> How are you this evening? How are you tonight on this new Monday? I usually say happy Monday to everybody. And I want to say happy Monday again to you tonight. But I know and suspect that some of you may not be happy tonight. Um, some of you actually may be sad. Um, I know many people are grieving the loss of a very um, famous and well-known personality um, over the weekend. And so um, I was praying and asking the Lord, what should we talk about on the show tonight? Because of my love and my commitment to him, I don't like to dedicate shows to individuals, but I did feel that he dropped in my spirit to talk about grief, to talk about grief and loss, grief and loss um, itself, um, because there are many people who are suffering um, and many people who are grieving losses. Some people don't even acknowledge or don't even know that they're still grieving. Maybe something happened a long, long time ago and you thought that you were over it and you thought that you had pretty much um, dealt with that. But um, I, I believe that some of you um, unknowingly are still grieving and the Lord wants to address your grief tonight. Um, he wants you to know that he cares about our grief he cares about our pain and our suffering. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about grief. Um, I really, really uh, shudder to think at how unprepared uh, this young generation probably is for grief. Uh, I don't know if that's an accurate statement as far as statistics go, but I, I just, I do feel that is my opinion that. Um, 
in my day, I think we had more of a sense of or an expectation or an, a reality um, concerning grief because it, society was just different. Society was just different then. And now when things come so instantly to people and when things are at the touch of your fingers and um, it's such an entitlement type mindset and um, I think people don't expect, they, they don't live in a reality and an expectation of grief and loss. And that can make it very, very, very difficult to experience grief and loss. I think that that, um, that attributes to the suicide rate that we are seeing in young people today because they are so disillusioned uh, when they have to face grief and loss that they can't deal with it. They can't deal with it. Um, I am no stranger to suffering. I am no stranger to pain. That's something the Lord whispered to me um, years ago when he was, um, how should I say, when he was building my character and healing me and bringing me through some recovery of my own. You know, he spoke those words to me in my spirit. He says, you are no stranger to pain, Diane. But he said, everything that is bad that happens to you is not bad for you. Um, he, he, he let me begin to understand that pain does have its benefits, um, that we can and should grow through our pain. Um, as Christians especially, he tells us to count it all joy when you know, when trials and, and tribulations come upon us, he said, knowing that the trying of our faith works patience, um, knowing that our tests and our trials come to make us stronger. And I, and I know that that is a concept that the world um, probably, or should I say people of the world cannot relate to, but there is. to to grief so um before i get into that i do want to let you know that i am still drinking tea tonight and i have a, f a new flavor that i got to try over the weekend um went to a restaurant hanging out with some young people from our um, young adult fellowship that we've been involved in and celebrating someone's birthday and i tried this moroccan mint tea and you know what? I've never been a person to really drink much mint. I've tried peppermint tea and I was surprised that I actually liked it. But this is a really strong mint. But it's it's really nice. It's a it's strong but it's also mellow at the same time and it's just full of flavor. So I'm enjoying my tea. I hope you are enjoying your beverage, and I hope you are ready to listen and hopefully be comforted by what we have to say tonight. <laughs> it's not a subject that uh, the average person wants to talk about. Some people uh, spend entirely too much time in grief. Some people don't spend enough time 
grieving. So there is a balance to be found in the whole grief process. Um, grief, unfortunately, people, is a part of this life. Many people are grieving different things. We grieve the loss of loved ones through death. We grieve the loss of perhaps relationships, friendships. We grieve the loss of expectations, hopes, dreams. The loss of a pregnancy. Uh, when, when someone is violated, when a child is molested or violated, they probably later in life grieve the loss of their innocence. Because oftentimes they're so young that they don't really know how to articulate or grasp what has happened to them. But later in life they may grieve the loss of that innocence, how their childhood was stolen from them. Um, they may grieve the loss of their very essence because trauma has a way of stripping us of some of us. It has a way of robbing us and weakening us and, and death and grief and losses are certainly forms of trauma. But like I said, it's unfortunate but we, I believe, we will continue to face grief and much more grief, even more grief in the years to come. This year, significantly beginning with this year, but also in the years to come. So let's talk about it. Let's uh, prepare for it. Let's expect it. Let's not um, live in denial and think that somehow we can escape grief. But let's know that when it comes knocking at your door, you can, you can overcome it. Not overcome it, but you can live through it. You can grow through it. You can make it through it certainly more than likely won't feel like it at the time, but that is all going to depend on how prepared you are for it when it comes. So, um, FYI, I do have, um, my honey listening in as usual. He kind of helps me keep on top of things behind the scenes and he may chime in at some point and choose to share some of his um, opinions, feelings, um, experiences relating to grief. So um, the break is going to be coming up on us pretty soon. I'm going to try to tie in some articles that I um, heard about on the news starting midweek last week, um, and some of them that I found today, uh, some are old, some are very current, the 7th, the 9th, the 10th of February, and um, I'm going to try to pull those into my discussion. I'm just going to kind of go with the flow and see how they fit um, with our topic of grief and loss tonight. But um, I did take the time to look up 
what exactly grief is. According to Webster's, what is grief? Grief is an intense emotional suffering caused as by a loss. That is what we're talking about tonight. Intense emotional suffering caused as by a loss. If you've lost somebody that you love, if you've lost something very special to you, if you're mourning, maybe you don't even know you're mourning, we're going to talk about some of the signs of grief and how we grieve. Be back. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Liberty Christian Center, located in Box Elder, South Dakota. They are a non-denominational, Bible-based, Holy Spirit-led deliverance ministry. Pastor Charles and Romika White, Liberty Christian Center. Get ready to laugh along with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Allie Lopreet. Friday evenings at 6, 5 central on Togedet.com. This is a truly realistic, no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is method that will have you laughing and crying, surviving while struggling, and hammering away at the hardships as you travel through the greatest journey of your life. Get empowered by joining thousands of other parents who have also decided to take a leap of faith into a double career with longer hours and half the pay simply because of the love they have for their children. Together, we are rebuilding a new economy that will support us rather than enslave us. Never again will we have to choose between raising our children and earning to provide for them. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. For more on Allie and her success, check out her website, OurMilkMoney.com. So come get empowered with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Allie Lopreet. Friday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Thank God. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Helping you heal is what we are all about. You know, I had, I had a fantastic weekend this week, actually. Um, this past Saturday, I was invited to a workshop, and the workshop was called The Mask That We Wear, and it was designed to reach out to the hurting person, to the hurting People And, you know, that's right up my alley. <laughs> that's why I do this show. That's why we do this show, um, not only to bring awareness to the prevalence of sexual abuse, but to also uh, reach out to those that are hurting and try, try to assist them in healing. So tonight we are talking about grief. Um, um, 
a situation comes to my mind because this Saturday there was um, one lady at the meeting who, after the um, after the uh, theoretical side of the workshop, I guess that's a good way to say that, after we had gone over the material and the outline and people had had an opportunity to open up and discuss um, some of the issues in their lives and there was a lot of transparency that uh, was shown and displayed and so it was just a beautiful time of breakthrough but then we also began to pray for some of the uh, people in attendance and I and I think of specifically of one lady who as we prayed for her um, as I prayed for her the Lord began to show me that she had a loss he didn't show me what kind of loss but that she had a loss uh, that she had suffered in her life and um, he was healing her of that loss because she was experiencing depression recently and she, I, I believe, did not think it had anything to do with that time of loss in her life that had occurred apparently some time before. But the Lord began to show her that it was related. It was related. And so that's why I said some, some of us, sometimes we're grieving and we don't even know that we're grieving. We thought that we have processed that, dealt with that, and moved on. And I've experienced that myself. I experienced that um, uh, at different times through my, during my healing process and my deliverance the i've said it many times deliverance is a process i believe emotional pain heals a little bit at a time so anyway tonight we are talking about grief and the bible describes grief like a as a broken spirit and i know what that feels like to have your spirit broken to have your, 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 just to have your spirit broken, I know what that feels like and how hard it is uh, to recover from that, especially, especially people without God in your life. I know the time that I was disillusioned and disappointed and um, ha as was rebelling against God and thought that I could strike out on my own and, and um, you know, face life on my own was, was the hardest and most difficult and the most dark time of my life. But since then and since God has uh, restored my relationship with him and, and over the years since that happened, when I face grief now, when I face losses now, it is night and day. It is nothing similar <laughs> it's so different with God and 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 without relying on his help so the Bible describes grief like this in Proverbs chapter 17 verse 22 a merry heart doeth good like a medicine Okay, having a merry heart full of joy and laughter, it does good to us like a medicine. You know, it's like a, a, a healing balm, if you will. It's, it's, it's very healing. It's very therapeutic to have laughter and joy and, and merriment in your heart. It says, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. 
there was a time when people actually said that someone would, you know, oh, she died of a broken heart. He died of a broken heart. I don't know how much people believe that nowadays that that can happen, but but I believe that that does happen. And I've been doing some research, um, and uh, I actually tuned in uh, one time to one of the other Toginet shows with Dr. DeWitt, and John Martin was his guest, and they were talking about how instances of, of people who, once they experience grief on top of an illness, how it exacerbated the illness, how the illness just seemed to take over. Um, and I, Dr. DeWitt, I'm reading his book right now, and he talks about that in his book, too, about how, how trauma, you know, and some sort of emotional pain and trauma or loss tends to exacerbate illness or, and even bring on illness. So a broken spirit drieth the bones. A broken spirit can empty you of your will to live, can, can rob you of your, of your will to live, of your fight, of your determination, of your hope, of your uh, um, objectivity. Um, you begin to see things darkly and more negatively when your spirit is broken. Um, you see everything through, through the shadows instead of through rays of sunlight. And that's a sad reality. It's a sad reality that we cannot escape grief in this life. It is a part of living in a fallen world. It is a part of living in a world where sin has come in because of man's disobedience in the garden and Satan being allowed to come in and rule and reign in, in areas of our life and in areas in the earth realm, set up camp, if you will. You know, grief is going to be a part of the human experience, but for a season, <laughs> I have to say, but for a season. And before we end this show, we'll, we'll give you the hope in that, that uh, grief and tears and suffering will not last always. Um, I have another scripture here that I want to talk about, but I'm actually feeling like I want to invite my husband um, to say something if he would like to say something. I kind of feel like he might have something good to share with us at this point. Am I right, husband? Well, I have some things on my mind. Um, the grief... Grief without God's um, God's comfort is a is a desperate and a, a a very hard place to be because only God can can heal the grief only He can take the pain away. Um, there's a time, like you said, there's a time to grieve, but so many of us in our in our life and in our walks, um, so many different emotions take take place that goes along with the grief. And if we don't allow comfort to come in, then we're going to be bitter, we're going to be angry. I mean, I worked in the funeral business for years, and and I've I've watched grief. I've, I've watched people um, 
angry when, of course, the funeral would be in a church, and you can tell who, just by body language a lot of time, who accepts what's being said, the scriptures are being read, and and the, the funeral is not for the person who died, it's, pretty, it's for the ones who are still alive. It's about remembering that person, but comforting with these words, the ones who are still there, and um, and we're supposed to comfort one another, you know, with the words. But when you see a person who who is a non-believer, a lot of times you see you see bitterness when they hear the words because in their grief comes the the answer why and. You mean the question? The question, why? And and they don't get the answer that they want. So it's a it's it's a it's an angry outcome. And a lot of times I've seen people wear dark glasses in there because they don't want people to see their their eyes. They don't want them to see their the, the tears. You see the tears on their face, but you don't see them coming out of their eyes. And it's just it's a situation where they they have no answer. It's just it is the way it is. And 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 the devil actually tells them that you know god what kind of god would take your brother what kind of god would take your sister you know what kind of god would take your daughter and so he's telling you that to make you angry and to make your grief um magnify magnify hmm. and when it magnifies it actually turns you away from the comforter mm-hmm. away from the person who gave you that loved one in the first place Mm. You know, and then when 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 God, who is almighty and 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 he's the I am that I am, he can do what he want. When he when he gave you that gift, when it's time for him to take the gift back, we should we should be um, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's where we should be. But because of our connection to to a holy God is not there then we 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 lend an ear to what the enemy has to say hmm. and all he all he's ever going to do is try to turn you away from god so then grief becomes a major mountain mm-hmm. and people go lifetimes carrying that bitterness and anger mm-hmm. that's pretty much all i have to say right now well you said a mouthful. You said a mouthful. I think that's how we can prepare ourselves for grief is, um, first of all, getting an understanding about um, who we are, who God is, and how we fit in the scheme of God's plan, you know, of things. Looks like I only have about 30 seconds before the break, um, so I won't. I'll just basically stop there, and uh, when we come back, I'll talk about what Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, what it tells us. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. 
And we'll be right back after these. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, The Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what The Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness and to create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls or we can make information available to you via email. Equipping the Saints Ministries is home-based in Maryland. You may write to us at Post Office Box 1616, Clinton, Maryland, 20735, or email us at vir2us1 at verizon.net. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, I'm back. This is Minister Diane, and I have been joined by Minister Chris, my husband and partner and friend and co-laborer and so on and so on and so on. And we are talking about grief and loss tonight. And while I was waiting for the commercial break to end, my mind went back to the thoughts, um, the statements that I was making about are this young generation today, this current generation today, and how they, I feel and I'm concerned that they have not been prepared for loss. They have not been prepared for grief. And that's why um, there is such an increase in suicide these days. And I wanted to expound on that just a little bit more because uh, what I was thinking is how I watch, I watch people in general and how they um, indulge their kids so much, you know. When you everywhere you go, when you go to a restaurant, you have five and four year olds, you know, and they're asking them what do they want, and um, giving them such great responsibility, even at five and four, to to choose their menu and and um, 
not know what's healthy for them, good for them, um, you know, if they're going to if they're going to get sick or not, you know, I mean, if you get a kid, give a kid all the candy they want, a child will get sick. I mean, they don't know any better. But I just watch how we just indulge ourselves and how parents indulge their kids and say that they can basically have whatever they want. They teach them that they can have what they want. If they say, ah, I want a PlayStation 3 today, you'll get them that. And then if next week or two weeks from now something else comes out that they want, you'll get them that. We just indulge, indulge, indulge. And then when something comes along in life that they have no control over and that they don't have a say-so in it, you know, when, when grief comes along, and they don't have a say-so in it. They feel extra violated. That, you know, like my husband was saying, you know, that's where the anger and the bitterness comes in because they feel overly, overly violated. They, don't, they have no concept of the fact that this is happening to someone else at this very moment. Hundreds of people, perhaps thousands of people at this very moment because their world is so small. It's all about me. It's all about I. Me, my, I, the self. Because they're used to just being indulged. You know, the parent won't even tell them anymore, no, you can't have that toy. The parents don't even want to say no. If you, if you want to be involved in five sports, the parents are saying, okay, you'll be involved in five sports and I'll run myself ragged to make sure that you're involved in all five of those sports at one time. Because I'm not going to tell you no. Well, you know what? Then when something comes along and a situation says no, no, you can't have your mom anymore. When cancer says no, you can't have your mom anymore. You know, when your job says, no, um, you're not cutting it. You're not, we don't need you anymore. Um, when your boyfriend says, no, I don't want to be with you anymore. Then, then people can't handle loss anymore. They can't handle grief anymore because they don't expect it. And I think that's for somebody on the air tonight because that's not in my notes. I wasn't planning on, um, I, I, just, I just hadn't thought that through earlier today. Honey, you have any thoughts on that? Does that um, generate any thoughts on your part? Um, that that uh, the being unprepared really for life, there's an imbalance in the... Um, in the upbringing and in the teaching um, in society today that really shows, we really see how people, and it's not just the young generation, there's a lot of people who are just unprepared for life, for the um, all facets of life, mm. you know? And so when, when parts of life come along that are the hard parts, we can't handle it. I mean, I think about the story of Job, and if anybody had a reason to grieve and want to die because of loss, Job had a reason. Well, he did want to die. Well, there you go. <laughs> he hated the day he was born. <laughs> he was he was he was severely and deeply saddened and grieve, grieving, you know. But he didn't take his life. 
He said, he said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord had to teach him some, some serious lessons and, and, and break him down and, and, and bring him back to, you know, back to earth and let him know what time it is. You call that rock on that something. Hello? Well, I'm hoping that you can hear me while we, um, while we try to get... I don't know if you can hear either one of us at this, this point. point uh, okay, it sounds like we're back on. Go ahead. Um, God had to break, break Job down. And um, Job was restored, but Job had to get through it. And he came, he came to the conclusion of blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, the Lord giveth and the Lord taken away. But how many of us can, can even say that when we go through grief? I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a maturing process. It's a, it's a maturing process that we have to walk through in life, but we have to be taught as we go. And we're supposed to grow. We're supposed to grow as we go. And then when we've gone through it, we can help others go through that same grief because we have experience at it. You can say to someone, you know, and it doesn't it doesn't take away their pain necessarily. Like I remember when 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 my mother passed away or, or but you remember how you felt and you, you, you try to comfort a person the best you can. We're the hands of God at that time, you know. And and sometimes all you can do is just be there. I had a friend that lost a um lost their firstborn child. Um it, they had the baby for a couple of weeks and then he lost the baby, you know, and he was in he was deeply saddened and I didn't know what to do or or I had fear as far as calling him and comforting him. But um God said call him anyway. You know, and when I called him, I told him, I said, man, I, I, I didn't know what to say, man. I was just, I know you're hurting and everything, and I didn't know what I could say. And he says, man, just just, just hearing your voice, you know, just knowing that there, there's somebody that's thinking about you and, and praying for me and caring for me. He says, man, it makes all the difference in the world. And, you know, that's that's what we have to do. God will prick our hearts to, to comfort when we hear that call or, or hear that subtle um, suggestion from the Lord to do that, we have to acknowledge it and then do it because it's a, it's a window. It's a window of opportunity and it's a timing thing. And, and there's been many times where, you know, God say, call, call somebody, call them, talk to them, you know, and, and if we do it, God will be in it. He will be in it, and, and he will be able to minister to that person through you who is grieving. But if that person grieves alone, guess what the devil's telling them? You know, he's, he's going to tell them, take your own life. The pain is too much to bear. I have read suicide notes before, and I've, I've, I've read, and it says, the guy says the pain was too much to bear. You know, he's reading, he he. he He's writing it to his family, and he says, I don't want to blame you guys, but I, I couldn't handle it anymore. It was too much to bear. And how is the family supposed to feel? You know, 
he's blaming them. He said he doesn't want to blame them, but he is blaming them. And, 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 and so the, his grief process was so strong that he, he, he took his own life. And this was uh, somebody in their early 20s at the prime of their life. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to take you at the prime of your life. And grief is something he will use. Loneliness, bitterness, sadness, grief, he will use that to get you to that place where you don't want to live anymore. And you won't look at God if you're listening to the devil. Someone has to intervene and be the hand of God. And, you, and, and, and But if, if a person is not obedient to intervene, you're left in that room by yourself with the pills or with the whatever. And, and you'll carry it out because you're out of God's will, because you're, you're, you're entertaining. You know, there's so many people that have had suicidal thoughts that have carried them out. And, and that's grief leading to death. You know, we talk a lot of times about the grief of someone who suffered a loss, but that's, you have to be alive to grieve anyway. You know, but grief can lead to death. Of, of a person who's who's the one in that pain. Well, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, puts it like this. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. To everything, people, there is a season. Grief is a part of life. Death is a part of life. Loss is a part of life. Happiness is a part of life. Because it goes on to say in verse 2, A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. So all these things are a part of life more after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, abuse, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have loved and been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived abuse, molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may see or find themselves in Diane Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of the story of me online at www.authorhouse.com or any of the major bookstores.
Ready for the most current feel-good gossip? Then check out Daytime with Donna with your host, Donna Intercastle and sidekick Nina Fry. Every Friday afternoon at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Donna is a charismatic market-driven entrepreneur who was part of the team that founded iVillage.com, which is the largest content-driven community for women today. Donna and Nina are here to empower you, motivate you, and encourage you in all aspects of your life. It's like Oprah on the radio. Plus, your chance to win great prizes, all the way up to a $500 Visa gift card. For more on Donna Intracasso, check out her website, introinc.com. Then join us for the show, Daytime with Donna, with your host, Donna Intracasso, and sidekick Nina Fry. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. We're back, and we were talking about the fact that grief, loss, suffering is all a part of life. We're coming from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Well, 5 through 10 and 11 actually give us some more examples of the times and the seasons in our life. Uh, so when you get chance, you know, when you get time, read the rest of uh, that chapter. And then let's ask this question, you know, for those of you who may not know that you're even grieving, um, how do we express our grief? How do, how, what are some of the signs of grieving? How do people express their grief? Um, some people deny it. Some people suppress grief. They don't, they don't even, they won't acknowledge their emotions. Sometimes that is a coping mechanism. Sometimes it's necessary in order to be able to get through an immediate situation. Um, you know, in order to be able to do the things that you have to do, such as plan a funeral, pl such as, you know, take care of all the, the business aspect of planning a funeral and so forth and so on. Sometimes people have to kind of suppress that emotion until there's a safe time to do so. Some people express it by becoming angry, like uh, my husband said earlier, becoming angry or bitter and resentful because they feel that God, the creator of the universe and the creator of all of us, didn't have the right to um, take or allow that situation to happen, that death to happen, or that um, situation to happen, or he didn't stop it from happening. Um, some people get depressed they they become so sad and so tearful 
and uh, that depression just envelops them and, uh, and the loss is so great that they just become sad and depressed, go into deep depression. Um, some people drink. Some people, some people begin to drink uh, or medicate themselves. Drugs are a very popular way of dealing with grief in today's society. Xanax, um, antidepressants, Prozac, um, uh, Abilify, uh, I mean, my goodness, Ambien. I mean, there are so many different drugs on the market now that have become, have, have become the substitute for dealing with grief so that people can just, because society says, hey, you still have to go back to work. Society says you have to go back to work. You have to pay them bills. You, you know, you have to remain caught up in the hustle and bustle of our system. The world says our system is more important than what you're going through, and we're only going to allow you to deal with that for a limited period of time. So here, here's some medication to help you, quote, unquote, deal with it. Well, in fact, a lot of times, not all times, but a lot of times it's not actually helping you deal with it. In my opinion, it's actually helping to medicate. It's helping to put a Band-Aid on the situation. And therefore, the grief and the loss and the pain never comes to a head, never really, be, never really gets healed. A scab may form over it, but underneath the scab, something is still festering. You know, there's still pus, there's still exudate, there's still poison because the medication only medicated, only put a temporary fix. It only allowed you to separate from your true emotions. Well, I believe God wants to heal those emotions tonight. He wants to let, have you let it come out. Have you let it come out? Have you expressed how you truly feel? Cry if you have to cry. Be angry. If you, the Bible tells us to be angry, but sin not. Anger is not a sin. It is not a sin to, to feel anger. It becomes a sin when it festers, when it turns into bitterness, and when it causes us to think and do things contrary to, to the word of God. So some of us, um, some of us actually rationalize our grief. Some of us actually work through it, understand it, accept it, and move, move on, which is the healthy way to grieve. To share your tears, to talk about the, the memories, to, to, uh, relive some of the moments and the times, um, to feel the pain, to actually feel the pain. Like I said, the Lord told me everything that, everything bad that has happened to you is not bad for you. Good things come out of pain. If we grieve and go through the pain the correct way. In the Bible, people mourned by putting on sackcloth. There was a type of cloth that they would wear that would demonstrate that this is not their usual attire, but it was sackcloth. It was rough. It was a rough type of a fabric. Makes me think of the old uh, potato sacks. <laughs> Back in the day, they had the, the potato sacks that, that uh, you know, they stored potatoes in. That rough sort of uh, 
unrefined material. Burlap. Burlap, something like that, you know. Um, they would cover themselves with ash, you know. I've seen some movies where they depict the person, like when Jacob got the news that his son Joseph was was supposedly killed, you know, he, where he put his face in the ground and he just began to put the dirt all over his head and the dirt all over his face. I mean, this is, this was his expression of, of his grief. He just wanted to cover himself. He wanted to bury himself. He wanted to die. I mean, I, uh, David, I believe it was David who, when he lost his firstborn son, you know, he, he, he said that he would, he would that he could go to the grave with his son because he knew his son couldn't come back to him. So sometimes grief makes us want to die because the pain is so great. Um, sometimes in the Bible, they, they, they tore their clothing. They felt such grief that they tore their clothing. They ripped it and cried out in pain. Jesus himself wept when he came to see Lazarus' gravesite and, and his sisters and his family and his friends were weeping, it touched the Lord's heart and he, and he wept, he cried. And the Holy Spirit is often grieved because of our sin and because of our rebellion and because of our refusal to accept God's comfort and God's direction in our lives and God's love for us, the Holy Spirit can be grieved, will grieve. The Spirit of God himself grieves. The scriptures tell us that we do not have a Savior who cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities because in all points, he has suffered like we suffer. He knows grief. He knows pain and he knows loss. And that's why he has such compassion for us when we experience pain and suffering and loss. That's why he went to the cross and suffered the sorrow and the aggravation and the abuse that he suffered on the cross so he would know what it felt like to be physically hurt, to be mentally hurt, to be emotionally hurt. He was rejected. He was betrayed. He was physically beaten. He was separated from his father. He knows all the pain and the suffering that we feel. We express grief in different ways, but it is very important that we deal with our grief, that we allow God to comfort us and help us to deal with our grief because grief is like a broken spirit and it will dry the bones. Grief is especially difficult when it is sudden Loss is especially difficult when it is sudden. The scriptures are full of references to tears, people who cried tears, to grief and loss. Psalms is full of tears. Jeremiah was considered the weeping prophet. My husband referred to the book of Job 
lamentations. The word lamentations itself is, is, is speaking of grief, lamenting and mourning. But in the book of Revelations, in the book of Revelations, the word of God tells us that one day he will wipe away all tears from our eyes. So turn to the word of God for comfort. Turn to God himself for comfort. Because you will find, and one day he will wipe away all tears from our eyes. Signing up, this is Minister Diane Jones and Minister